Children of God, Who Are They? by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Romans chapter 8 verse 19 For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Who are they? Where are they? How do we become one? Let us take a look at who they are first. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Psalm chapter 82, verse 6. I said, you are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. John chapter 10, verses 34 and 35. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, God, you are gods. If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, Genesis chapter 1 verses 24 through 26 shows again each after their own kind. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Do you see this? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. This is what man was created to be. But of course, we as humanity derailed who we were by lawlessly believing the devil's lies, forfeiting goodness and perfection for good and evil causing us to be the only part of creation out of harmony and order with the rest of the universe. The flavor and quality of the world's knowledge appealed to Adam and Eve over the word of God. They chewed on the devil's knowledge, savored his lies. It was their disobedience to God's command to not touch or taste from the tree of good and evil that brought sin and corruption into the human race. That is, who the Adamic race is. To make things worse, we see in Genesis 6, their descendants were interbred with angels, further changing themselves from the likeness of God, debasing themselves forever. The world they built, the society they developed, is just as ungodly and imperfect. God who knows everything, but does not interfere, dictate, or intervene concerning man's will, devised a plan for humanity's restoration, should they wish to return to their former state. This was accomplished long before they even fell. In fact, before he rested, all things were done. The mayhem, chaos, complete disorder we see today will not be tolerated forever by the Lord. All things will be righted, and harmony and order returned, 
as originally created. It is already done. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 and 20 exposes that part of God's predestined plan that involved Christ. But the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 speaks, All was done pre-fall. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, See, this is new. It has already been done in ancient times before us. God knew there would be ones that loved him and would try their best to walk righteously down through the ages. It would be these he would use to manifest his plan for that age, ever moving man in his church, strategically forward to restoration and victory. Victory over the enemy. Victory over themselves. Victory over the world and society they founded. Father knew without a plan for redemption, mankind would eventually eradicate or completely destroy himself along with all of God's creation, as plotted by his archenemy. Only a remnant of humanity will be saved by Satan, if not thwarted. Ones intended to serve him will be preserved as well and be used as mansions for the hordes of hell in need of bodies to function on earth. Evil spirits that need bodies, these will come together as the house of Satan, the counterfeit or imitation of the tabernacle of David, the house of God, if not stopped. God's word never comes back void. It will accomplish that which he speaks and bring it into existence, nor will his plan ever be aborted. It will come to fruition and bear fruit. The very fruit Eve was offered when she chose instead the fruit of the tree of good and evil. She and Adam at this time became a species of lower rank, imperfect and inferior with the seed of Satan forever planted in their hearts and minds. All would be lost for sure if God did not love man and creation enough to save them, redeem them, and preserve a remnant of his own to start fresh. Two of the righteous men of old, used of God to accelerate his plan, were Abraham and Melchizedek, the king of Salem, both very much played a part in the birthing of God's end-time remnant. God genetically started his sacred seed, children of the promise with Abraham. Let us first read from Genesis. Genesis chapter 17, verse 19. Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. That covenant is for all those baptized into Christ. Genesis chapter 18, verse 18. Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, all nations? How could this be? The answer lies in Abraham, who was the father of Isaac, 
and Isaac was the father of Jacob, that fathered the twelve tribes of Israel. Lost in the nations, the only tribe recognizable throughout history was Judah, preserved visibly because that was the bloodline David and Christ, the greater David, would be born to. God said all Israel would be saved. How does this happen? You see, as the Gentiles come to the salvation message, all Israel who was scattered among them, intermixed with them, would be gathered and saved as well. So as the Gentiles are called, the tribes lost in the nations would be blessed along with them. Or, maybe we should say, the Gentiles are blessed because Israel is a part of them. Genesis chapter 21 verse 5 Now Abraham, who was a Hebrew, was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. God restored his youth to childbearing age, along with Sarah, his wife. So the remnant stems from a genetically restored bloodline that when crossed with the blood of Christ would produce a new kind, a new species, a remnant for God, all a part of God's plan for restoration. Hebrews chapter 7 verses 1 through 3 shows us the continuation of the plan. For this, Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, planted seed for the remnant, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, meaning Christ was in him, to receive the tithe. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. This seed was planted in ground that was never ending, and again was crossed with Christ, would become eternal. All those born through Christ in baptism in this age of the church are of this end-time generation of Israel. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 and verse 29 explains, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. He was a Hebrew, and heirs according to the promise. Isn't this an exciting promise? These will have a right to experience the knowledge released from all ten of the feasts of God, if they choose. The last two feasts in the end, however, will only be experienced by invitation after the final Feast of Tabernacles. These will be truly circumcised from all pertaining to this world and filled with the knowledge of God. These will have experienced and become the truth gathered from the previous year's feasts to become the full stature of Christ. Understand there is a spiritual robe that comes with experiencing the knowledge revealed at each feast and an anointing or approval of God for actually becoming and living that truth. They continuously become more and more like Him. The bride must make herself ready, and this is how she prepares herself, by attending, experiencing, and becoming 
the truth from what is served at all the feasts. She becomes the image of the Lamb. By receiving the oil of approval, the anointing of the anointed one, she is a sweet aroma to him and evenly yoked with the anointed one. The parable of the virgins prophesied of this event. Matthew chapter 25 verses 1 through 12. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, the remnant, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Speaking of Jesus. Now five of them were wise, experienced all of God's feasts, and followed God's knowledge and laws. And five were foolish, believed in the higher learning of the world, or perhaps didn't see the need to experience all the feasts. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, kept functioning through the world's knowledge. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps, applied to their daily life the knowledge of God, and receiving his oil of approval, his anointing. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they thought they had time. They all slumbered and slept, and at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Are we anointed to greet him? Will we have become the truth, so we are evenly yoked with the word? Are we dressed appropriately? Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. How sad! But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. But the feast that were offered and the truth that was served turned out to be the final ones. There would be no more opportunity. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. Blessed are those invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins, they were born again, but did not make themselves ready, came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. They were not dressed appropriately because of the devil's knowledge. Neither were they flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. The marriage will not be consummated with those that have not been circumcised from the world and nourished by truth. You see, the robes of incorruption and immortality are only presented at the final feast of Shemini Atzeret and Semchat Torah. The anointing to make the bride a sweet aroma is lavished on those who keep his commandments. Say, I will obey to his laws. John chapter 14 verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. The prospective bride will have accomplished all she can to make herself ready. She will have eaten from the end-time truth, applied it to her life, will have testified, I will hear and obey your laws. 
Now as the Word, the Light, the Truth, the Son of God enters into her light, and she His, the marriage of the Lamb is experienced. The energy resulting of this coming together will ignite the beginning of the new earth. Meet the bride and the last Adam. Who are they? They are the new beginning. The second question was, where are they? For sure, they will not be found in the denominational churches, as God is an advocate of unity, harmony, and these are divided, separated into groups or different organizations. Nor will you find them in any of the world's churches, governed by men with hirelings as their leadership. John chapter 10 verse 12 But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, real shepherds have sheep given to them by the master. They are the shepherd's flock to love and care for. One who does not own the sheep or one who has been hired by man sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. You, therefore, will not find the remnant in any organized religious situation. They are just children of God, the Jubilee, set free from Babylon, sanctified and set aside, predestined for God's kingdom. Unless at their workplace, you will not find them a part of the world's activities. They are busily building their own culture and society that is pleasing to God in line with his laws and compatible with the rest of creation. For instance, no living creature has to give up its life for them to eat. Theirs is a plant-based diet, so killing is not a part of their lifestyle. Their physical apparel is modest, befitting the kingdom they are citizens of. With each gained step of maturity, as the knowledge revealed at God's feast is ingested, Less and less of the influence of the world or laws that govern the lives of those of the world affect them. Less of the eye, less of the flesh, pride of life is left behind, along with the events promoting this evil thinking. You, therefore, will not find them in bars, nightclubs, or situations supporting these things. They believe First John chapter 2 verses 15 through 17, will come to pass. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Spirit people, kingdom people, they do not support scenarios that encourage the works of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through 21 informs us as to what they are. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, 
revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You will for sure not find the new species seeking the knowledge of this world or in its educational systems. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 19 and 20 For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. They also do their best to escape the world's financial problems, as they believe God's word. Romans chapter 13, verse 8 Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Speaking of the laws of God written by God on our minds and hearts to blot out Satan's thinking. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. All that happened as Adam and in the seventh day says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. You will find them working for the establishment of the kingdom, not their own financial empire. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not to men. Again, they are a people who have equipped their spirits, rather than their soul and body, through the end-time knowledge released through the feast. They, therefore, continue to seek, knock, ask for insight from the Lord, inviting Him into their daily lives in all they do. They fully understand there is nothing man can do without Him. Now here is where I guarantee you will always find them. On Sabbath, gather together as well as on all feast days for sure. Physically, they may be gathered in groups across the earth, but there is no distance in the supernatural, so all their spirits are gathered at these preset times to God's holy mountain. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 22 through 23, speaks of this mountain. But you have come to Mount Zion, God's government, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, New Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels. This mountain and city are built from living stones the Lord lives in, ones guarded by angels. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, these are the true church, the temple of God, children registered in the Lord's book from the beginning of creation, who are registered in heaven. To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, Again, remember, Sabbath and all the feasts, from Passover to Pentecost, are for the soul man. But from Pentecost to Simchat Torah, the feasts are for the perfecting of the spirit of man. Third question, how do we become a child of God, a part of his royal family, one of his remnant? It's easy. A child can do it. We ask the Lord into our hearts experiencing the truth of Passover, repent of all we have done wrong in the world, experiencing the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and then die in the watery grave of baptism, 
and resurrect a new creature, experiencing Feast of First Fruits. Our spirit man comes to life as we resurrect from the watery grave, and we then ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, connect us to our spirit, and give us a new perfect nature like His. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 23 shows us the nature of God's Spirit for those that want to be like Him. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. We ask God to endow our spirits with His abilities as well. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, tongues and interpretation of tongues, prophecy, faith, healing, and miracles, all abilities Adam and Eve had before the fall. Since the Lord tells us we can do nothing without Him, at John chapter 15 verse 5, we also ask for our spirit's language to be restored so we can communicate with God's Spirit fully. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. John chapter 15 verse 5 I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. When all of this becomes a part of our lives, we will experience the Feast of Pentecost and have become the truth served there. This feast and the remaining five that come after it are offered for the continuing perfection of our spirit. In fact, unless our minds are in tune with our spirit, we will not be able to comprehend things supernatural. The carnal man cannot understand spiritual matters. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You see, it is our spirit and soul that are in God's image. Our bodies are simply to house us here on the earth, given to us by the Lord as our home. When Jesus came to earth to accomplish his part of God's restoration plan, he too had to be given a body to live and function here. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. Our body, tent, or house, is overly sensitive to this world, if governed by our soul and susceptible to Satan's influence. But our spirit is sensitive to the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God's side of the supernatural, and the laws of God. See how utterly important knowledge from the Feast of Pentecost is? We could not even be clothed properly for the marriage supper if our spirits didn't dress us. 
Prophetically, the garments worn by old Israel represented the spiritual apparel necessary to enter the king's presence today. Leviticus chapter 16 verses 3 and 4 shows us the physical, symbolic of the supernatural. Thus Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burnt offering. He shall put the holy linen tunic and the linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with a linen sash and with the linen turban. He shall be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore, he shall wash his body in water, today's truth, living waters, and put them on, dressed in spiritual clothes that are not corruptible. It is at the next feast of Rosh Hashanah, also known as the Head of Days, that we begin our life as a newly equipped species. Here is an interesting side thought. When we are born again, we are Abraham's seed, so the characteristics of one of the twelve tribes will be seen in the new creature. For those of you that are born again Israel, it is a fun study to look at the heads of each tribe and determine who we are the most like. Maybe one day, I will write a blast dedicated specifically to that subject for those interested. It is at the last feast of Rosh Hashanah that the trumpets blow. Trumpets are symbolic of God's prophets, and they are sounding loud and clear warnings to the world and its churches. Prophets are calling God's people home to God's mountain and prophesying the call God has on the life of the individual new species At this feast, God's people are harvested, circumcised from the world, from sin, from all that opposes God and His kingdom. During Rosh Hashanah, there are ten days set aside, called the Ten Days of All, to repent for individual sin, as well as the sins of all humanity and creation. Our sincere repentance is atoned for at the Feast of Atonement by the blood of the Lamb, setting us free from sin and lawlessness, making us recipients of jubilee. Satan now has no jurisdiction over us. Jesus paid the wages of our sin with his life, buying us back, returning us to the Father. Now we can come together as the house of David for him to fully dwell in at tabernacles. You see, as we take in the knowledge served at these ten feasts, we begin to change, to metamorphose or transform from an immature new creature to a mature new species, a new kind. Once fully clothed, anointed, and ready for the invitation to the final feast of Shemini Atzeret and Simchat Torah, where the wedding of the Lamb takes place. Revelation chapter 19, verse 9. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb, where the marriage between God and His people is consummated. And He said to me, These are the true sayings of God. In closing, so who are children of God? They are the people of the eighth day, Abraham's seed, ones after the order or kind of Melchizedek, with no beginning or end. There are those harvested from the world systems for God's kingdom. Now that we know who they are, 
and where they are, we too need to eat all of the lamb, taste of the word at God's feasts, and become one with them. We want to make ourselves ready as well to be his bride and be invited to the final two feasts, the marriage supper of the lamb. Revelation chapter 19 verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready.